Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Lovers out there in the world, today we're going to be bringing you, oh, by the way, you're listening to On the Menu with Ann and Peter Haig. I almost forgot to mention that. Um, but we're going to be bringing you today um, new visions into the world of specialty, cheap, uh, specialty food lines, both women entrepreneurs, both high-quality products. In fact, these are called wild products. Uh, the first one is Mary Lindman who has absolutely amazing line of cheese spreads called Pine River Cheese. Yeah, we're going to be talking to Mary Lindemann of Pine River Cheese. Um, and um, I came across the company and, and their product um, when they won an additional, on top of years of awards, they, they swept the whole field at a big uh, cheese conference competition. Um, that is correct. Which was in Wisconsin, held in Wisconsin. Not surprising. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. At the, the World Championship Cheese Contest. It's a, pretty um, good. Every, every, amazing. Yep, it's an every other year contest. Um, this year was the World, and then next year will be the U.S. contest. But it's okay. really quite a, um, an adventure with all the different judges that come from around the world. Ireland and Spain and um, Mexico and... Um, Is this the one that runs in London too? Uh, no, that's a different one. That's the world that's contest. Oh, that's world, right, that's okay. Different. Yep, just world, yeah. Well, let, let's, let's establish a couple of parameters here. Sure. Because they're things that puzzled me. So here, here goes. What, what's the difference between cheese food and cheese? Cheese food which is what we make. We make cold-packed yes. cheese food. And that is a government standard of identity that the spread contains 51% dairy ingredients. If it's okay. anything less than 51%, you have to call it spread or product or spreadable cheese. It cannot be called cold-packed cheese food. Now, we do make a product called cold-packed cheese spread, and that is all about the moisture. And we can talk a little bit more about that when we talk about flavors. Um, sure, sure. But, and then so regular cheese is made from milk. Uh, it's made into curds, and then they're pressed, and they're made into cheese. And we buy that cheese and make okay. our cold-packed cheese food. Got it. So, so, you're, so yeah. you're, not, you're not in the cheese, cheese business. Cheese is your Correct. ingredient. Correct. We do not have a dairy with cows. Um, we don't take in milk. We buy finished 40-pound blocks of grade-A cheddar from Wisconsin, and they're made specifically for us. And we buy them when they're barely, uh, maybe a little over a week to three weeks old, and then we keep it in our warehouse and age it. Um, again, I'll talk more about the recipe um, after we start yeah, that, from the beginning. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's a there's a word that describes a cheese storage facility. It's escaping me for the name, for the time um, being. Affinage. Affinage. We just we have. Oh, we call it the warehouse. 
but that's a prettier name. <laughs> and with your accent, it sounds even more more it's hard exciting. to say, I must say. <laughs> oh, yes. So, um, where would you, you like have to start? A lot of history involved with this company. Now, well, did, sure. Did, did Gustav invent this cheese spread? Or was um, it no. Um, well, how about I start where I came on the scene, and then I learned sure, all about fine. the history of the Lindemann family. Um, it, it's kind of a cheesy love story, which is always fun <laughs> no. to talk about. Um, You've practiced I that was, one, Mary, I could tell. Yep, 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 yep. Well, I'm the marketing director for Pine River, so I, I like to tell our story from the beginning. Um, I was a uh, college student um, going to a, a technical school for fashion merchandising, and I... Um, really didn't like the program and decided that I was going to leave that semester, and so was this other girl. She, too, was sort of like, eh, this isn't just what we thought. And um, she said, you know, but we're still college students. We should go on spring break. So at semester, we part ways. She lived in a different city than I did, and but she set up a trip to the Bahamas in March right. of 1980. Yes. And um, on the airplane, I heard of a young man chatting up a talking about cheese and Lindemann's the name and cheese is the game and he was with some of his cousins and some friends and there was just all this cheesy talk and I looked through the seat on the airplane and I thought to myself I could live with that that man that boy <laughs> he was really just a boy and we got off the plane and he told his cousins I'm going to marry that girl well, here this I am. sounds like a variation on our love story. We met waiting for an airport limousine. <laughs> uh, maybe the airport's the place to meet, huh? Maybe. Um, let's get that rumor yeah. started. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Continue so, with your story. So that was sure. So that was 1980, um, and I was I lived about an hour and a half from our current location, which is where the plant is, and um, we got married within a year and a half, and I became the the marketing person selling cheese spread ever since, and I've I've loved every minute of it and still do. But um, here's the story of the family now, how it goes back. So I'm married okay. to Phil Lindemann. <laughs> I'm married to Phil Lindemann Jr. And should we, if we go backwards, his father, Phil C. Lindemann, is the one that actually started Pine River in 1963. But let's okay. go back. Let's go back to like 1886. We've got Herman Lindemann, who was a farmer in Prussia. And he came over to here to Wisconsin and settled in Manitowoc County, which is where our plant is still today. So he um, farmed the land um, and then had a son. And that son also carried on the farm, the farm but also dabbled in cheese making and got very interested in that. So his name was Gustav. Now, you may hear my dog every so often. That's Sorry. okay. <laughs> um, Gustav was a, a kind of a very aggressive gentleman, and he actually, in the late or the 1900s, went off to UW-Madison and studied under Stephen Babcock. If you're familiar at all in the dairy industry, that is a, um, the man who invented or figured out when the, how when the butterfat is higher in in milk, it makes a creamier cheese. So Gustav, yeah. he went on to really perfect his way of making cheese. Uh-huh. So, and at, if you've ever been to the UW uh, Wisconsin campus, there's Babcock Hall, and so he was a pretty in, uh, influential 
uh, leader there at in uh, the UW system and then in the dairy industry as well. So, so that's Gustav. So Gustav's making cheese. He still farms, but he's, the farm kind of went by the wayside, and he had a son, Oscar Lindemann. And okay, Oscar... I got his page. I got his. Yep, yep. Oscar, Oscar the, E. All the, e, Oscar E. Lindemann. So Oscar um, partnered up with a few other men and formed Northern Wisconsin Produce. And what they did is they bought and sold cheese. And it was a way to sell the Lindemann cheese that was being made by Gustav. So, you know, oh, as okay. his dad. So Gustav passes on at some point, and Oscar just kept the um, the cold storage. And not only was it for cheese and buying and selling cheese, they stored furs there in the winter or in the summer, um, the vegetables. That's why it was called Northern Wisconsin Produce, because they had vegetables and fruits and uh, along with the cheese. So Oscar E. Lindemann had a son, um, Philip C. Lindemann. Yeah, and... Yeah. Another son, Oscar, Oscar G, I believe he was, which was Phil Sr.'s brother. And they were all at Northern Wisconsin Produce together, Phil Sr. also, Phil C. Lindemann. And, oh, in the early 60s there, in the early 1960 or so, he was, Phil Sr. was getting restless and really wanted to do something on his own. So he went and got secured a building, um, the building we are in today, and his what he wanted to do was cut and wrap um, portion-sized cheeses to sell in a retail store. He'd like to pre-package them for retail sale, and that's where our name comes, Pine River Pre-Pack, because that was what his what he wanted to do. So he would cut and wrap. Um, exact weights and when you have an exact weight you've got to shave off a little bit or you've got to add a little bit and at the end of the day no i know at, at the end of the little bits of cheese to make cheese yep. out of. Oh, exactly it, just like you would make when you make cookies cuddle cookies you have the trim you know that's what phil senior made cheese spread out of was the trim that he was using to cut and wrap or to um, make those exact weights. So that was in 1963. He, he formed Pine River Prepack as we know it today. Um, and he cut and wrapped cheese and then made a little bit of cheese spread in the fall. And as you might know, that's always hot at um, the holiday times. Everybody knows about port wine cheese spread. You've all eaten it at your grandma's and um, it's part of the Thanksgiving through Christmas holiday treat. So, mm-hmm. 1963 to about 1980, which is when I met my Phil, Phil Jr., um, the cheese spread was really growing. And kind of like considering ending the cutting and wrapping, and also they would wax the cheese. So there was black wax and red wax. Oh, yeah, um, I remember 19- that. So, <laughs> yep. Now, where, where, but does, in 19- where, does, where does clean label come in? Oh, oh, those farther on in the history. Okay, in the keep future. going, keep going. Yep, yep. It's a, it's a long story. So, um, <laughs> so 19, 1963, 1980, Phil Sr.'s making, um, growing his cheese spread business. And in 1981, there was a fire in our building. One of the wax tanks caught fire. So that was the oh, final dear. nail that said, no more waxing, oh, no. no more cutting. We are going to be a cheese spread company. Um, Phil Jr., my husband, and his brother Bart, they came on as um, uh, full-time employees in 1977 and 1978, respectively. And when 
when Phil Jr., my husband, um, came on, he said to Dad, his dad, Dad, we are going to make the best cheese spread we can. We're going to buy good cheese. We're not going to use uh, off flavors or seconds. We are going to buy grade A blocks, and we are going to make the best that we can make in this country. Oh, wow. And, there you go. Um, no, as no, you no, are, no, no. you no, reached out to no, us, no, you know that we... We made good cheese. So, okay, so that's 1981, 82, 1983. Um, a gentleman from uh, Ohio called the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture and asked, who do you know that makes good cheese spread in <laughs> Wisconsin? And the Wisconsin Department of Ag, as kind as they were, they didn't take it to Kakana or Merck's or anybody else. They gave out Pine River's name, if you can believe it. <laughs> so this gentleman, his name was Art Delzell, and he's the sweetest man ever. Um, he called us up and said, would you like to make cheese spread for the fundraising industry? Oh, so my. my my husband, Phil, and his dad, Phil, um, got on the phone, and both were listening to Art Delzell's pitch on, you know, how we could sell cheese spread across the nation because there's so many, you know, different – he had – access to a lot of distributors in the fundraising sold to schools and we said let's do it they did it and it grew our business so much we could buy a brand new mixer um, a couple warehouses you know it just it, it made us a nationwide company as far as we got into people's mouths everywhere which was just far beyond Phil Senior's dreams that he would ever get it, you know, past the Wisconsin border. Yeah, it's so, a powerful marketing um, a vehicle, yeah. that fundraiser yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, it was we first, we, great. Sweetheart, did we yep. first come across cheese spread when we were in South Carolina? Oh, could be. Pimento. It's a big, it's a big thing. Pimento. pimento cheese is a big thing. Absolutely. Very southern. Yes. Yes. So... So that was in 1983. We sold our cold packed cheese food. I think we had about eight flavors, and we also purchased some summer sausage locally from Shermake Sausage. Um, they have a, their factories right in right in Manitowoc. And yeah, I saw on your website you had sausages and you had chocolate and you had you buy all those yes. just to round out your offerings. Well. Funny, you should ask that. <laughs> so, 1983, when we got into fundraising, um, a few years later, 1986, our, this same gentleman um, asked if we could have candy on the brochure. And, well, we're not a candy maker, but we said, well, we can probably procure the, some candies. They wanted, like, turtles and a chocolate almond bark. So we, <laughs> we found a place in, in Baraboo, Wisconsin, that would make the candy for us with our name on, on the label. Um, and about mid-October, they can't keep up. Uh-oh, oh what do we do? We've got our name on this product. It's with our cheese spread. We don't, we just, we can't let this, you know, fall apart. So guess who got into the chocolate-making business? Oh, no. <laughs> so we had all of our um, employees bring in their squeeze bottle, ketchup bottles, or jam, and we... Um, bought caramel and chocolate. We put, we melted the caramel, put it in those squeeze bottles, squeezed it on pecans, <laughs> melted chocolate. We bought big bars. We had like nine microwaves in the lunchroom, you know, warming up all the stuff. And we also, my husband and his brother built these tables, big plywood tables with plastic. We put almonds on it, 
poured warm chocolate on it, let it cool, broke it up, put it in peace bread cups, believe it or not, weighed it up, and we got through the season. We had turtles and we had chocolate almond bar. Well, the one thing so, I already can tell is that you're, you, all of you people are very nimble. I mean, no. you, you turn on a dime. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You've got to do that. So we got through the, that, the, the chocolate, and it's crazy that I'm even talking about it because we just stopped making chocolate about two months ago. Um, mm-hmm. Our cheese spread business has grown so much. And you're aware of all the labor shortages and all oh, these yeah. crazy things that happen. And fundraising has changed also. So a lot, most of our candy went into fundraising. So mm-hmm. um, fundraising, the whole culture is different. There's a lot less help uh, as far as like PTO, PTA ladies to help distribute product. Um, and people are just more apt to donate. Here's twenty dollars. I don't really need yeah. to buy anything. Thank you. Yeah. Um, or there's walkathons and uh, colorathons. There's just it's just a different thing. We still supply cheese spread to the industry, and we also um, we buy sausage and sell that. But we no longer will having chocolates, which is kind of sad. We it was kind of fun to have your own private chocolate pots at the at, at just, you know right down the road. But you, keep, but you sure keep on adding flavors. Yes. Well, not chocolate anymore. So no, no, we're no. at 1986. Cheese spread flavors. Yep. Oh, yeah. In the 1990s, due to the um, the changing atmosphere in fundraising, they didn't want to keep our product um, cold anymore. They wanted something that was shelf-stable. So okay. we had to develop a shelf-stable product, and we call it our snack spread. We still make um, nine flavors in that, and it's it's made – pretty much the same way our cold pack is, the product that needs to be kept cold, but then it's heat injected, which gives it a 600-day shelf life. Crazy, right? right? But it also lends itself nicely to gift baskets um, or or any place, in-store displays where they just want to feature it next to the crackers, you know, or in the deli, and it can be out of refrigeration until after it's open. That's one thing I didn't say when we talked about cold pack cheese food. That must be in the refrigerator because it is real cheese just in a spreadable form, and it needs to be kept cold. So interesting thing, listener, just just to give just to give you an idea, the the containers I guess you'd call them plastic cups. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. When 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 they 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 look an awful lot like single serve yogurt containers. Right. Yes, the snack spread. Kind of, what, mm-hmm. kind of what they look like. And, yep. Yep. And if if you're bold like I am, you know you know that it will taste even better if you don't refrigerate it. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. Well, just like so, a good. Um, so, when I, so when so when I so when I start a new container, it's it's actually kind of hard to get it out because it's kind of stiff. Oh. But then, but then as, as, more, as, as it melts some, I guess, as it slenders sure. down a little bit, it's easier to spoon out of the container. Sure, so sure. Well, so just like a good, right na- oh, good. a good natural cheese is always, the flavor is much more enhanced if it's warmed up a bit, if it sits out. Same thing with our spread. It sits out for a little bit. The flavor is really great. The texture is awesome. It spreads real easily. So, so on with the history. Um, so in 1990s, we make a, a shelf-stable product, um, which we call snack spread. And then in 2016, we were hearing lots and lots about uh, um, people wanting a, a cheese spread with no preservatives. So okay. um, 
we how can you do it? How do you do it? Shelf life is so short if you don't put a preservative in it. Well, we were at a, one of our trade shows, and we overheard somebody talking about this um, technique called HPP, which is called high-pressure pasteurization. Um, and it's a technique. It's not a, it doesn't heat it up. It doesn't do anything. The technique is amazing. It, um, we make our spreads, and they have their clear film top on it, which you have this cups there you were, you were just telling me. You had to peel that seal off, right? Yep, yep, you bet. Yep. Well, we, we take our product to a, another facility, and the cups go without the lids on. They just have that plastic seal, and it goes into a tube that gets um, filled with water, and then 47,000 pounds of pressure is applied in in that tank of water, and that kills every kind of bacteria or anything that could possibly grow in that cup. And this technique was developed. Um, scientists have figured out in the bottom of the ocean, nothing grows. There isn't bacteria. There's nothing. There's just no life. And that's, that's the pressure of the ocean's wa- the water. So, that's <laughs> what, so that is how we are able to have our no preservative, no artificial flavor, no artificial color um, spreads. So those but are the three don't... kinds that we have. We have the cold pack cheese food, we've got our snack spread, and then we have our clean label or no preservative. But you don't, so. but you don't have an ocean Okay, your turn. Wisconsin. I'm ready for some questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a plug. I'm, I'm fin- I finished the Chunky Blue. That was, that oh. was, that, that's my favorite. That's really? My favorite. Yeah, well, yeah. So you agree with, you you agree with the judges then? Oh, absolutely. The toast, toasted onion's pretty awesome. Oh, and, yes. And, and right now, right now, I'm into spicy beer. So oh, I'm with you on that. It's funny. I grew up in Wisconsin. I was born and raised here. Um, I don't like beer, and I'm not really a fan of spicy foods. But I keep a cup of that spicy beer around all the time, and I love it with pretzels, like those nice big ones you can buy in the frozen department and warm them up in the microwave and put that oh, nice yeah. salt on it and then and then warm up our spicy beer a little bit, put a little bit in a bowl, and oh, that's dinner. You now have when, to try when, that. When, when, do you, when do you put the plastic cover back on? Um, with the clean label process, the yes. technique, that it, once the cups come out of that chamber... They get dried off, and then the, the lid gets applied with a, a machine, and then it goes into the, the back into the cases, and then it's uh-huh. out, out for shipment. And um, one of our products that we make, no preservative, that you're very going to be aware of is uh, for Whole Foods, and it's under their name. So we make a no preservative uh-huh. spread for them. Uh-huh. Okay. So if, I, mm-hmm. if I, run, I, I run out of ones you send me, I can always go up, up the street yep. to Whole Foods. Yep, yep. And if they if it doesn't have the flavors that you're looking for, you can always go on our website and we have a store locator. So you plug in your zip code and it should tell you where there's a store near you that carries our product. Or of course, there's always the online, right? Right, right. Yep, yep. So yeah, what, what's the what's the what's the purchase quantity online? I can I can I can imagine I can imagine people buying it by the case. Oh, yep, anywhere between one cup and hundreds of cups. It's up to you. Yep, what 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 do you need for your stock in your refrigerator and pantry? That's what you need right. to get. 
Right. Now let's let's go back to let's go back to the competition where you had these yes. big wins. Tell us, yes. Tell, tell us that story. Well, um, we've been entering contests since 1983, and yeah, somewhere I printed off a list. I don't know what I did with it. I printed off a list of all of these competitions and all the prizes that you've yeah. won, and it's huge. Yep. Very long. Yes. Yep. I I can't even give an exact number. Um, it's it's over 100 for sure, and it's. It spans the the gamut of Wisconsin State Fair to the U.S. Championship Cheese Contest, the World Contest, the World Contest over in Europe, also some fairs, local fairs in Wisconsin, and a California fair, um, World Dairy Expo. Wherever we can enter a contest, we like to do it just to see how we fare against our, our competition. And we've been really, really lucky, although luck's not the right word, because good cheese spread comes from good cheese, and mm-hmm. we buy we right. buy the best here in Wisconsin. Um, shout out to our farmers because they work hard to make great milk, which makes great cheese, which makes yeah. Great I mean, cheese I, I don't really. I mean, I I actually had um, spent summers on a dairy farm, but um, how, what is it that makes Wisconsin such a, such a, a top? competitor in all these contests uh, in, in the area of cheese. It's the milk, but how do you get that great milk? It's, it's the breed well, of cow, but it's also what you feed them, right? Yep. I, I think, well, in the old days, it was the, the farmland that we have here and our, the, the growing season and the, the grasses and things that it was just right. And I think that's why there was a lot of um, German immigrants that came over and settled as farmers here. It was similar to their land and just um, it, it, it made for, for good, good farming with cattle. But now, you know, they, it's a, quite a science to feeding cows. I, I can't even delve into that, that that would be a, a professional farmer, but it's all very scientific and computerized and what kind of minerals and uh, proteins yeah. and all that, um, which just enhances, and, and it's much more consistent with their milk. I got a fun uh, little quiz for you. Do you know why um, we have colored cheese and there's white cheese? Do you know why it's different? And oh, mostly yeah. Wisconsin has colored cheese. What's no, your guess? <laughs> I have no idea. Interesting. No? Yes. No, I give well, in. I give in already. Okay, you give in. Well, you know that milk is white, so that's yes. why cheese is white. And on the East Coast, they do like their white cheddars and things, so that's where they like to to keep it. But here in Wisconsin, because the growing season was very uh, – it changed from spring when the grass was greener, and then in fall, later summer and fall, the grass was browner not, or not as – not as that bright green, yeah, and that would change the color of the milk. Mm-hmm. So the cheese would always be a, a variation of color throughout the season, and people would be like, well, I like that whiter cheese, or I like that. Oh, you know? yeah, that's funny. So, <laughs> so the, the, the cheese makers got together and said, hey, we're going to make this consistent, and they added annatto coloring, and that made it that orange color, and they could mask the variation. Oh, so that's annatto, huh? Annatto, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's your bit of trivia today. Why there's white well, cheese in the white? Well, good story. I mean, I, I, I had a close friend at one point who grew up in Wisconsin, and the only thing she ever talked about was how cold it was when she was going to school. 
<laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Nothing changes there. I had to go up country in, in Wisconsin one time for an important client appointment. It was, it was a hospital, and the town was named after it. Oh. I can't remember it now. But, oh, but, yeah. but, it, was, but it, was, it was foggy all the way, all the way from Madison to, uh, to this place. It, sure. It foggy as all get was out. It Mar- was it Marshfield, maybe? Yeah, Marshfield, yes, yes. Marshfield, yep, Marshfield Clinic, yep. Marshfield That's a big Clinic. one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It must have been in spring or fall you probably had that fogginess. It was, it was fall. It was really foggy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've got every every kind of weather, and it can all happen in one day if you stick around yeah. long enough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I, I think the answer to your question, the, the big answer to your question, sweetheart, is a, the University of Wisconsin Department of Agriculture has a lot to do with it. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. you say, Mary? Sure. Yes, I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. How how many employees do you have? They're not all family, certainly. Um, well, it, it usually ticks up a bit in fall because things are busier, but I believe we've, our recent uh, count of employees is 30, tw- between 25 and 30. It can Ooh, just vary, like I said, a lot with, with not that many people. Yep, I mean, yep. Oh, well, we've got a lot of equipment. We've got, we've got a lot of uh, stainless steel machines and we are rural. I've got cows. We've got cows for neighbors and farms. You, what you picture to be America's dairy land, this is where Pine River is located. So uh, the nearest town is 10 miles away. So we draw some people from there, um, and then surrounding little little burbs. Well, so you 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 met a stranger, took a chance, and ended up with a really fun life. <laughs> oh, yep. You said it in a nutshell. I yep. It's, been really fun it is well, so fun it's it's great mary lindeman um pine river cheese um what do we call it overall the company pine river just pine cheese. river it's no just, just pine, pine river, river. Mm-hmm. pine river yeah um, that's how we're you, you've got a great product and you've got a streamlined mm-hmm. operation there for a company and um, thank you and uh, listeners check out the web page do you want to give us the, your web address? Sure. It's pretty simple, pineriver.com. Yeah, you can well, check out that, the, the family history. You can yeah, you can war. do it all in there. And, and yep, it's, we also, it's really interesting. You feel, I mean, have I have the recipe. feeling that you're dealing with nothing but winners. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a team effort, again, starts with the farmer, and then our employees, got to give them a good shout-out, too. We've got... A lot of people that have been there a long time. Um, everybody cares about keeping up with the quality, keeping a clean plant, and that's what makes it um, an all-around team team effort to win those awards. Which well, be, that's great. Oh, well, I appreciate oh, yeah. the time you took to uh, to talk to us about it, and we learned a lot, sure. didn't we, Rabbit? We did. We learned Mary, well, good. Quite contrary, how did you garden grow? <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with cheese bread cups all in a row. In a row. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> oh, well, well, thanks for reaching out. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.
Next up, our second woman entrepreneur with a fabulous product. Um, we're, we're going to be talking to Eileen Gannon, and her company is Sunday Night Foods. And Peter can't get enough of any of it. Here she is. Yes, we're going to be talking to Eileen Gannon, um, and and. Her company is called Sunday Night Foods, and, and I'm afraid my husband's going to go and leave me for her because he's in love with this product. <laughs> Tell us about your, your company, Eileen. I mean, what, let's start with the name. Why is it Sunday Night Foods? Well, Sunday Night Foods um, was a bit of an homage to my mother. I grew up in a large family, and my mother was a great baker. And on Sunday nights, as a family, we would get together for a meal, and often she would make homemade chocolate sauce with four ice cream sundaes. Oh, so wow. as I was growing up with her, um, and I was the youngest, and so later in life, she would, oftentimes it could just be us, and we always made it a tradition um, and um, having, having that. And so when I chose to make a food product, you know, it's always been a childhood love of mine. Well, what did you do before you got into food production? Well, for 35 years, I worked in corporate America, and I worked in finance and corporate communications. And uh, the last firm before I started this was a software company, um, and I was a senior vice president of uh, corporate communications and investor relations. And then before that, I was 15 years at Morgan Stanley in investments. Do you know how many people we, we talked to? Uh, it's like we just interviewed somebody from California who spent his life in corporate IT stuff, and, and now he makes jam. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it's, oh, yeah. uh, you finally get to a point where you follow a passion project, and uh, oh, yeah. you have the experience and the bravery to do it, and uh feels feels great, by the way. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Um, I went into food because I've won over 600 awards for baking, um, and I'm I'm known for that. I, I you're kidding. Six hundred awards. Yes. Wow. Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. Well, you are a baker. Uh, <laughs> I am. So it really is a passion for me. Yes, I've, I've competed on the Food Network and the Discovery Channel, but my real happiness is baking in my home for my family. Oh well. Um, you, do you know Joanne Chang, who has a string of, of um, restaurants and products from Boston around Boston? She's a baker. Mm, I, she, I've heard of her. I, I, yeah. yeah, she spent her life on Wall Street, and then she just jumped off the, the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. Well, we started, we interviewed her when she started <laughs> out. Now she's with one little shop, and now she's pretty huge. Everybody knows her. But, but anyhow, so wow. I, I think that it's a great thing to do. Well, um, thank you. It, and Peter's the one who needs to be talking to you because he's the one eating all the chocolate sauce. <laughs> Well, I would love to hear his opinion. Oh, how much time do you have? <laughs> He's in love with this stuff, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, it's just, just delicious. I'm halfway through one of the jars already. Just on its own. Yeah, well, I love criti- hearing the only that. Criticism I, the only criticism I have is it's so good it sticks to the spoon. <laughs> yes. So you have to, you well, have to we lick find really it. hard. <laughs> I'm going to put that testimonial on my website that you you love it from the spoon because uh, most people do tell us in the end they just eat it with a spoon. We love that. Oh yeah. 
Well, there are all kinds of things you can do with it, though, right? That's correct. Um, so one of How the, do you get your husband to stop eating it with the spoon out of the jar? <laughs> well, I don't. Um, my daughter, actually, her favorite way is to take marshmallows and dunk them uh, with marshmallows um, oh, that with just good. a fork. You know, she loves that. So the, the, how we arrived at that beautiful texture and flavor that you're enjoying so much is um, part of, of um, my history of competing in food contests and winning was always based on the tenet that I would use the best ingredients I could find, right? So the highest yeah. quality, well, that's the secret, local... Yeah. And that's the secret. And so why you taste that, the first thing you taste is chocolate, right? I mean, you can, it, the chocolate flavor comes through so strong because we use really high-end chocolate. You know Guttard chocolate? Um, sure. Many mm. chefs use it. Yeah. So we use their chocolate and we use their Coco Rouge cocoa powder. And if you smell it, you can smell that really warm cocoa in it. Um, and I think the one thing that sets us apart is that beautiful chocolate taste. And also because we don't use corn syrup, so you can taste the chocolate. The ones made with corn syrup, guess what they taste like? Chocolate. Yeah, I mean, they taste like the corn syrup, yeah. Yeah, right. If you do it side by side. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I mean, so if you taste side by side, that pure, beautiful chocolate flavor comes through. And what happens, because of the cocoa, it tastes like brownies. You know, you can smell that warm, fragrant brownie. There's a little bit of fruit and warm spices from that rich cocoa. And then, and then as it opens up in your mouth, you start feeling a little buttery caramel, and then you can taste the vanilla and the sea salt. So it tastes like a full dessert all at once. Yeah, it does. I mean, it really does. It's really good stuff. Um, Thank you. There's a a lot of um, chocolate uh, on the market. Um, So you pick the field where the competition is pretty stiff. Yeah, I think though we win, there's, there's a couple of things that we do that no one else does, right? One yeah. is that we don't use any emulsifiers for that gorgeous flavor, texture, mm-hmm. silkiness, and we don't use corn syrup. So if you see less expensive products, they use some cheater to get to that consistency, right? We don't use mm-hmm. any of those. We achieve that by a French technique, and where I worked with a chef who was from a Michelin-starred restaurant uh, to teach me how to make it in the classic French style. And that's how we get that silky, glossy texture without using junky ingredients. Now, what, what, is that, what does that mean exactly? So when you make um, a ganache, right, and a lot of people mm-hmm. would start you know, on, on your stovetop, for instance, right, and classic would be is that you warm some cream, and then you blend in some chocolate, and depends on what you're making, you would add vanilla, sea salt, other things. I even have a recipe that you, you um, fold in an egg yolk, right? And I don't do that here, as you can imagine. But there's different versions of ganache. And sometimes it has to do with the temperature of the butter, has to do with how you're blending it, how often you stir it, the temperature of the chocolate. But the trick is you can make it in one pot on your stove. But can you make it in a 250-gallon kettle and make it shelf-stable for two years? That and is the trick. Yeah, and so it took me three years to do that. It took me three years to get the ratio of ingredients to do exactly what I was looking for, sort of like fresh brownies in a jar. Think of that, right, because it's a full, yeah. rich flavor. It does taste like and, that, yeah. Yeah, right, and then get it that silky, glossy. So you open it up, it just shines. 
right? It's real pretty and it's shiny. And you notice that the fat is fully emulsified, correct? And it's not greasy and it's not gritty. Here's the biggest thing, the crystallization. If you ever open up a jar of fudge that's made with real ingredients, it's oh, usually yeah. grainy or it gets a crystal in it. This does not. And it took a, it took a long time to figure that out. Lucy, you're talking about what I think years. is a really tough thing. I mean, the, the, I think getting the best ingredients is a, is a head start on everything else you're making. But that's not the final answer. I mean, I, I wrote a chef's cookbook, and uh, I'm the chef. And then I, I had to work with a pastry chef, and, and he was also a flake. But anyhow, he was very good at technique, <laughs> except I couldn't grasp it. It was so complicated, everything about it, even just yeah. judgments, like when you're, you're tempered enough and all that stuff. I mean, so you, yes. you're talking about a lot of really thorough, high-power technique here. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and what, um, that's how we achieve that, that we believe that we've become your secret pantry ingredient. So the way to think about it is that it's, you're exactly right. It's, we achieve something with a, with a fairly difficult technique, and we put it in a jar so anybody can have that at their ready, you know, whenever, whenever yeah. they want to open the jar. I think the one thing that also stands out for us, and I hope you try this, is – on our website, sundaynightfoods.com, we have more than 40 recipes. They're all my recipes. But it shows you how if you add powdered sugar, it becomes frosting. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is that you do a push-in, real simple push-in pastry crust, and then temper an egg into a jar of sauce, simple, simple, and bake it for 12 minutes. And it's the most delicious chocolate tart. And because, you know why? Because all of the pure ingredients are already in the jar. I think it's really exceptional. I mean, especially. I mean, I'm not a baker, so this is a, a real big help to me. If I could get my husband to leave some jars, I could experiment. I'll send you some more. I promise. I will send you all you want. No problem. No how, problem. How I have a few di- jars right here it, for you. I mean, how how is how is it different than a chocolate truffle? Yeah, that's a great I love, question. I love, if you I would, love chocolate truffles, too. Yeah, you can make a chocolate truffle with it. Just stick it in the refrigerator and freeze it. Is that what it is? Okay. Um, so, yeah, you're so just going to chill that. Truffle, you, just, you just make one. Yeah, yeah. so one quick way. Okay, you uh, Spoon it out into a ball when it's soft or cold. Actually, here's the best way, right? Stick it in the fridge so it's firm. Scoop it into little okay. balls. And then if you want it firmer, put it in the freezer and then roll it in, you know, cocoa powder or coconut or powdered sugar or something to make the outside, you know, pick up, so you can pick it up. Voila. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, Some you, people you, like to, my favorite way, I put a little peanut butter in it because I love peanut butter and chocolate. Peter hates yeah. peanut butter. So yeah, I, do I, I don't like peanut butter. I don't even like to look at peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have a point there, I guess. It reminds me of reminds me of something that I don't consider all that edible. <laughs> oh, that's well, funny. You well, know, but he eats that Marmite yeah. stuff and Vegemite stuff. Oh, so, I mean, so I don't true, think he has true. any room to complain. Oh. Well, that's an acquired taste, that's for sure. Yeah, um, you know, you know Vegemite? Flavors. Oh, no, I, I can't do that. I'm not that brave. You <laughs> <laughs> could... He could, he could you could probably put Vegemite and Eileen's chocolate sauce together, and it, I, I think I think it would be very good. 
Well, I, <laughs> I think it would improve I, the Vegemite. I, I'm going to bet for that. It certainly <laughs> would improve. Anything would improve the Vegemite. <laughs> I well, we're coming up with that. more flavors this year, so let's see if you prove these, okay? I've got some more flavors for you to consider, so we're going to be Oh, yeah, tell us chocolate. about your flavors. That's yeah, we're going to do a dark chocolate peppermint. We're going to use an essential mm. oil peppermint, so you have that pure okay. peppermint flavor, right? Again, just sticking with our the premise purity, that we will yeah. only use the finest pure ingredients. We're going to use, uh, we have an organic peppermint oil, and then we're going to do a chocolate espresso. Um, just oh, that'd be good. That put me down for that one. That's going to be great. Okay. Good. That and then the chocolate wonderful. raspberry, and we're going to use dried oh, raspberry. That will that will um, um, you know soften, and, and you wouldn't know it's there. But again, we're going to use real raspberries, not flavors or extracts. It's going to be pure raspberry itself. And then the last one we're going to do is a chocolate chipotle. And a little bit of cinnamon oh, and yeah. some chipotle powder, and just sort of like that warm, almost mole kind of feel, you know, or like yeah. a, a Mexican chocolate cake, you know, when you, there's a little something in there and you're not exactly sure what it is. Um, and that'll right. be support little chocolate chipotle, and I think that will be um, lovely. And then the last one is we're going to do a vegan, and this one we are going to promise that's still going to be a silky and glossy and luxurious. But instead of whole cream and butter, which we use right now, we do use a local a local dairy. Um, but we will be using coconut cream and coconut butter. And oh, okay, we'll I wonder how you're going to do that. that. Okay, simple. Yeah, easy. coconut simple. seems to be a blessing mm-hmm. for vegans. I know. Mm-hmm. It really is, that, isn't it? It really yeah, is. That yeah. and also chickpeas, whatever that stuff's called. Oh, right. Yeah, chickpeas. And they do the aquafaba with the, they with yeah, the, the liquid and chickpea. Yeah. 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 Well, so what our goal though, for the vegan is to come up with something just as luxurious as that is, and you'll never know. That's, that's the whole goal. Because vegan food sometimes is fabulous, and sometimes it's not so much, right? And so we're going to try to really oh, high-flavor, high-gloss vegan sauces. That's going to be what we're going to be releasing here this year. You know, the stuff that I hate the most is people are forever sending us gluten-free stuff. I have yet to taste anything gluten-free that tastes anything besides cardboard. <laughs> I think problem there is that they, again, back to then, that people tend to go to the lowest quality ingredients possible. If you stay on the high-end stuff, I think you could accomplish that. Don't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do believe it comes to is what you put in is what you get out. If you think about it that way. Oh, sure. I guess so. Yeah. You know, you know, so that's where I no. see it. But um, how long have you been doing this? You said it took you three years to get it down pat. But yeah. how long have yeah. you been? Yeah. How long doing have you the been, sauce? The company. I mean, the mm-hmm. company. So I retired when I turned 55. Um, my goal, my lifelong goal was to retire at 55. But when I retired at 55, I decided I wasn't going to retire from working. I was going to retire working for somebody else, right? So then um, I decided, okay, this is the time for me to jump over and start my own company. Now, I had been working on the sauce um, nights, weekends, you know, when I was working full time. And so in July of 2020, I officially retired from my software firm and um, then um, took a slow time, you know, just took my time to to really find the right partners, the right co-manufacturer, the right suppliers and vendors, and then the pandemic was going on, right? So then we had some supply chain oh, issues with jars and lids. And so then, uh, but then we were proudly uh, able to launch November 9th of 2021. So we've only been out for just a very few months. 
Um, good and, timing, um, <laughs> lady. Good timing. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody I, turned I to chocolate. It's just wonderful. I guess lucky. I guess lucky. But you know what's really fun about it is that the trend for at-home baking, you know, that's really here to stay now, right? There was a study I just read by a company called Hunter, and they said um, uh, the cooking from home is 71% of respondents, okay, said they're going to continue to cook at home at pandem- pre-pandemic level, or excuse me, pandemic levels. So they got okay. used to baking at home. They want to be more venturesome. But the other thing that it tells you is that people want better food. They absolutely want better quality food in their convenience products. So when you go to the pantry, you don't want palm oil, right? You don't want cord syrup. You don't want, want preservatives. So we made it a priority to have none of those. You also see there's no preservatives. Not, not only do we have not, not that we have no artificial flavors, but no preservatives. And to get that to stay shelf-stable for two years without preservatives, again, has to do with the beautiful quality ingredients that we chose in the first place. Right. I, yeah, I... I really am not the people that really in the food industry that I know that are suffering the most are restaurants. Yeah, and every yeah. conceivable heart, way. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's uh, my heart goes out to them. Mm. Yeah, we know how. We we did notice yeah. Eileen that one of the ingredients you haven't actually mentioned it so far. I don't think, but but our friend in Seattle. Friends, chocolates. They were the oh, first. Oh, she friends. makes wonderful. The, she makes they, a wonderful chocolate first, sauce. Yeah, they were the okay. first. They were, they were the first source of uh, sea salt and chocolate together. Oh, is that right? Yeah, she's, a, oh. she's a wonderful person, friend. And I know. I know. I know. Oh, I know that you and I'm a huge too. fan. Huge fan. I love her sauce. The difference with Fran and ours is I don't know if she uses vanilla or not. I'd have to look. Um. And she does use an emulsifier. She does use an emulsifier in her chocolate, and we don't. That would probably be the only difference, really. But I have a huge, huge respect for Fran. So if you ever say, if you know or say, you have a big fan at Sunday Night Boots, and we adore her, uh, her sauce. Right. Well, she's, yeah, she's, um, we interviewed her, and like many, because we've been doing this for so long, when she was just really getting started and, and so forth. I mean, now she does what most of these specialty food people do is they end up getting bought out. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I think that she's still on a consulting level with them, isn't she? Is she? I, 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 I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just have a lot of respect you, for her products. I think they're fabulous. You remember we 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 met Fran's son at one of the fancy food shows. Yeah, that's why it's, it, she still has her children working in the business. Hmm. I sometimes get her confused with Mary, the cheese person. Mary Keene. Mary Keene, yeah, because they both had the same. Drive and they started from scratch and they built up this really respected business. So, but yeah, you know, so chocolatiers are, in general have interesting backgrounds. I mean, you you look at some of them, uh, like Chow Chocolate, and uh, who's the one I love so much that was a criminal um, defense oh, attorney? Ask Yes, who has he's marvelous. He has yeah, he has that wonderful uh, chocolate university where yeah. he takes children, I mean, um, students uh, to, like, yes. poor African villages and has them working. Yeah. You know, it's just amazing. Yeah. 
The marvelous. But, so yeah. it, you know, it, it attracts yeah. a lot of people. Oh, they they do such a great job. You know, one of the things that we're doing in our brand along those lines is um, we're donating one percent of our proceeds to the National Alliance of Mental Illness um, because we really believe that that is something that needs a lot of attention, and a lot of support. And so, even next month, I'm doing a big fundraiser for them here in Iowa, and um, we're continuing to support that organization across the country. Uh, because we believe that baking um, and the passion around baking can have a lot of health benefits for people, mind and body. Um, but um, well, they've we, done. Really I mean, we've been involved with a number of charities that um, that, that that deal with mental disabilities um, and, and cooking in general. I mean, like the, yes, what's yeah. the one with the um, oh dear. Uh, best buddies. buddies, something buddies. Best buddies. Mm-hmm. Best buddies. Mm-hmm. They take um, and pair some um, young people with disabilities, with mental disabilities, with mm-hmm. professional chefs. And oh, I've never seen, I just, I couldn't believe when I, the first time I went to one of those events how absolutely empowering just working and cooking mm-hmm. could be. I mean, these kids would come up mm-hmm. to me and say, please taste this. I made this myself. And, <laughs> and there was all this pride in it. You know what I mean? Oh, I, was I great. know. Isn't that wonderful about cooking for all of us, though? There's that instant gratification that you've made something. And if you make it for someone else, it, it, there's just such a pure joy in it, isn't it? When you feel that joy back, you, you've made something by hand. Um, it's just it's just I mean, a gift that keeps on giving. You know, I, I really do believe that. There's one other I thing I wanted so. to mention that's in the yeah. sauce that I think you taste that you don't taste otherwhere is we also do Nielsen Massey's Pure uh, Ugandan Vanilla. And so uh, oh, okay. two years ago uh, I went to the – Yeah, cool. you can, they're, they're cool. Yeah, you can taste it. You can taste a little bit, can't you? Yeah. So um, a quick story, a, a couple of years ago at the last Fancy Food in January before it closed for the pandemic – Nielsen Massey had this fabulous booth, and you could go taste all their vanillas made with ice cream. And if you've had the pure Ugandan vanilla, you'll love it, but you understand it's kind of roasty a little bit, and it really, you know, comes into the uh, chocolate. So I think that also just sort of rounds out that whole flavor profile. Um, And again, working with a great legacy brand, um, just like Boutard, um, that, you know, we really wanted to... Uh, find these beautiful, not only legacy brands, but they're also building sustainable brands, right? And that's important to us. You know, they're, like you mentioned, Askinosi, you know, Guitard also works a lot with local cocoa farmers, right? And Nielsen does the same with their vanilla farmers. Um, and uh, we really Whereas Hershey's doesn't do damn diddly squat. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I, I get so upset with people who think of chocolate as Hershey's. I mean, I don't. Anyhow, so, uh, so anyhow, you so you have a good conscience in your company as well. That's great. Yes, 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 and we we continue to work with the vendors that that do, um, and um, uh, in people that really truly care about food. Um, and that's part of the trend. You know, the lovely thing is that we're seeing more and more people care more and more, right? Have you ever seen before where people really talk about where the food comes, right? You know, and how they get it and who does it and how they benefit and their larger community impact is, is just music to our ears. And, you know, someone that grew up on a farm who was very connected to the food source, um, it's always been in my life. And it's lovely to see how everybody else cares about that, too. 
Well, yes. I mean, I, I, I think it's otherwise quite frivolous to just be involved with the, the industry because there's so much going on that's really not acceptable ethics-wise in the industry. But yeah. um, you, you, yeah. you, you pointed out the, the good stuff happening, and, and over the years, I, it's very different from when we started out with this. Much different. Yeah. So, well, we better. tell our story. On our, we try to do more storytelling on our website, which is SundayNightFoods.com. Yeah, let, let me get that from you, mm-hmm. by the way. The yeah. website is SundayNightFoods.com. Mm-hmm. And okay. it talks about my story um, and uh, growing up in a large family. And, you know, the name of the brand, Sunday Night, is in addition to, you know, being um, – you know, reflecting with my wonderful memories with my family. Also, it reflects when people slow down a little bit and, and find comfort food, find some indulgences, and connecting around food. You know, you connect around if you're around the couch or a campfire, but also anymore you're connecting through a Zoom call, right, or a video call or another uh, text message. Um, and people still want to engage about food. I find that pe- food is, is one of those topics where it brings us a lot of memories from our childhood or from our, from our relationships sure. and other things. So building easy comfort food for people was part of our mission, right? Right. And um, can you order directly online? Tell us how you get You can food. order, yes. Yes, so we can order directly online, and we're having a spring sale real soon. Um, I think it's buy one, get one 50% off. Uh, that's coming. Wow. Um, and um, then you can order online. And also we're starting, just because we just got started in November, we have a lot of orders from retailers. Um, and so we're going to be on store shelves real soon. But right now the quickest way to find us is on um, sundaynightfoods.com. Um, and um, uh, within a few months we plan to be in, in thousands of stores. Uh, we're getting a lot of attention from retailers, from small gift retailers to groceries, uh, gift catalogs, um, things like that. But short term, well, just come online. Hear, and we'll, uh, I mean, it's really good to hear that some, the product's so good. Um, it, it's so well run. I mean, you, you're so on top of all of this. And it's actually being successful in a big way. So I'm, I'm really happy that we got to meet you, talk to you, and, um, and of course, sample your product. <laughs> Well, thank you. Um, we're going to be at the Fancy Food Show in New York. and the Yeah, well, we usually cover those. that. We, we haven't love to done it in the last come few by. years. Will you come see us? Yeah. It's, uh, have, you, you. have you ever done the New York one? No, it's our first. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Just brace yourself. You can't get through it in three days. Hmm? Oh, We did our first one in Vegas, and that was a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to New York. Yeah, well, this is twice the size. <laughs> is that right? Because I have done well, the one in Vegas. Well, make sure you come see me. Please, please okay. come and uh, stop by the booth. Oh, right. Tell your husband I'll give him, I'll give him a lot more sauce. <laughs> Again, listeners, you need to taste this to see the difference. You put this up against any other dessert sauce and you're going to be floored. Both women are dynamite. And both product lines are fabulous. Well, that's about all we have for today. And we hope to see you again, same time, same station, or same channel, I guess it is, um, next week. And until then, we're going to say bye-bye.
Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net.